0: For all things sports, the hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories in every personal takes, you're listening to Sideline Story.
1: Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I am your host Brandon Yates and as always I'm joined by my co-hosts Yang Guang and Tian Yu. And today we will be discussing the NBA free agency and trades happening in the offseason. It's been very exciting indeed. We've seen some pretty big moves and some very interesting choices made by certain franchises and we will dive into that right now. And Yang Guang, I will start with you. There have been a few deals that have been, you know, pretty interesting and have definitely caught the eyes of um, NBA fans around the world. But just from your side of things, I know you're a big NBA fan yourself. Which deals, including free agency and trades, do you think have been the most successful so far this offseason? And have there been any moves that can have a massive impact in the championships going into next season?
2: Yeah, um, it's really a busy offseason season. Uh, big contracts and trades started to emerge on day one. Um, it's suddenly a seller's market um, because every team seems in a rush to find the right players, especially on some key positions. And there are not many options. Um, for me, securing Russell Westbrook at the LA Clippers and convincing him to agree a two-year $8 million deal is definitely a cost-effective signing. Uh, when players like even like Dylan Brooks uh, signing $10 million per year contract. Mm. Even though um, Westbrook is on a decline, it's undeniable. And his energy on both ends of the court is still influential. And he could still average 20 plus points with field goal percentage exceeding 40% in the playoffs. When Kawhi Leonard was down last season, I believe he will prove that he's still a valuable asset. Yeah. And the Clippers made the right decision to but Do you think stay.
1: that sorry, do you think that low amount has something to do with rumors that he's supposedly quite difficult to coach? I mean, his talent is undeniable on both ends of the court, but he does seem like quite a maverick player he mm-hmm. seems like someone that kind of goes onto the court like lebron james is doing now remember we've discussed it earlier this week when we met up where they don't really listen to the coach they just kind of go out there and do their own thing do you think that's something russell westbrook has been kind of guilty of in the latter stages of his career
2: yeah i got your point and um, he is a maverick mm. but um, i think with quiet leonard and uh, paul george on the team he's obviously the third choice yeah. <laughs> so I, I think he will listen to what, at least to what Kawhi Landed says yeah. and Kawhi Landed is a, is a
0: functional team player
1: absolutely yeah and then Tianyu from your side any
0: moves that have caught the eye well honestly I don't think there's a deal or trading the market that can be described as, as successful yet yeah but I, I do have an option for the most successful draft pick which is the you know <laughs> San Antonio Spurs getting the number one pick and having Victor Wama-Yama in the squad. Do
1: you believe the hype? Yeah. <laughs> yeah of we I've discussed this with you know, Yang Guang earlier in the week as well. There's yeah. been so much hype and discussions yeah. around this mm-hmm. guy who hasn't even set foot on an NBA court yet. Yeah. But I guess you believe the hype as well? Yeah, we know how the media is used to hyping up a certain rookie yeah. that
0: just landed in the NBA. But this time, I think all the hype seems to be real. You know, everyone's full of praise for this French young man even some of his potential opponents like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Stephen Curry in the coming season. And many would say that he's the next Michael Jordan or he's just like Kobe Bryant. But the truth is, I think he he can't be defined right now. With a height of two, over 2.2 meters, Wemayama can shoot, dribble, defend, and rebound. And uh, his performance in the French League was really dominant, and he he was playing with a very mature style already. And also, most importantly, he's just 19 years old. He's got great potential and definitely a bright future ahead. And, that, and I think that's exactly why the Spurs are willing to formulate future plans with him as a core player. And history has proved the vision of the Spurs management. You know, Back in the 1980s, the Spurs got two number one picks, David Robinson and Tim Duncan. And together, they created a dynasty and led the Spurs to two championships. So it seems like that the Spurs are planning to do something similar with Wemayama. And what, what makes the plan more realistic is that uh, Popovich, who used to coach Duncan and Robinson, is still around to help Wemayama develop and become accustomed to the American American League as soon as possible. So I, I think there's um, definitely a lot to expect from this rookie and also the Spurs in the new season. But to become more competitive in the championships, uh, the Spurs definitely need to do more than just signing a rookie with great great potential. Mm. You know, they still need to pair him with more veterans to add more experience and consistency to the team. And in that respect, I think the uh, the Phoenix Suns made a lot of efforts, and and now they can definitely can has as a potential contender for the championships. You know, they sold Chris Paul to the Warriors, but they also bought veteran Eric Gordon from the uh, Clippers and also a bunch of other players like um, uh, Drew Eubanks and Utah Watanabe. And after they got Bradley Beal from the Wizards, the new Big Four has formed, along with uh, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton. So with such a luxurious and strong squad, I think they definitely have a spot in the contender race
1: for the next season. They've definitely added to their squad depth, which I think was something that they were lacking in the past season. I mean, they've obviously had, you know, the big three at some point, but now, like you said, they've got a big four and a lot more squad depth as well. Mm -hmm. Just going back to Webanyama, you mentioned that he doesn't really have a defined role as of yet. And we've seen this kind of be a problem with some players in the past where... They don't seem to have any weaknesses, but on the other side of that, it's quite difficult to give them a role in the squad, and sometimes they are stretched too thin, especially at a young age. Do you think, well, do you have confidence that the Spurs will make the right decision in terms of what to do with Webanyama and who to put around him?
0: Yeah, I believe so. You know, uh, With the wise uh, coaching decisions, Mm. with, with the clear guidance, he can become the next Jokic, he can become mm-hmm. the next U for, yeah, for the Spurs. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, mm.
2: Popovich is a magician. Yeah. yeah. He can find the right place for Wimben Yama. Yeah. Uh, such a unique player. You know, with Yami's height and with such fantastic floor skills and shooting skills. He's literally uh, yeah. got everything. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. We've never seen such a player. Yeah, it's pretty uh, incredible. Yeah.
1: We just have to hope that he keeps his feet on the ground and also trusts whatever plan the spurs have in mind for him because with all of that talent he might also think well i'm the star here i can call the shots mm. we haven't seen that attitude from him so far he does seem to be like mm-hmm. quite a humble down-to-earth guy and i'm sure that he does have uh great faith in the spurs and their head coach so we just have to wait and see mm. you know if he can yeah. perform miracles there and i think more importantly we have to you know uh, hope that the spurs can perform miracles with him because mm-hmm. he undoubtedly has everything yeah. and they really need to make the most of that. So I think finding a, def- a defining role for Webanyama will be one of the key outcomes as the NBA season progresses. Um, some fans, Yang Guang, claim that the Houston Rockets, which is of course one of the biggest franchises in the NBA, potentially made bad decisions by signing Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks with big contracts. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, uh, my first reaction was was the same. It was like was Houston crazy um, 3 years 130 million for That's Van Fleet It's insane man Yeah oh. I mean yes Houston has the salary room for big contracts but they should be given to the right players I really doubt Van Fleet is worth 3 year Who 100- is Van Fleet like let's be
1: I mean I'm I'm quite a big NBA fan I've got no idea who this guy is
2: yeah uh, that was the dude uh, <laughs> winning the nba championship though with the yeah fair enough Toronto Raptors.
1: but i mean but, you're thinking like a massive name would be no, linked with that kind no, of contract never. and he's not it's definitely not a star he's not no him. he's not right? far like, from he, if i guess mm-hmm. he's a good performer and like someone that's highly regarded in the nba but he's no, definitely not a superstar
2: no he was the third option attacker mm-hmm. of the Raptors squad S-
1: it sniffs of desperation a little bit what do you think
2: that's just a round decision and yeah. um But a closer look into that contract, Um, his annual salary though, increases every year, beginning with forty million. Mm. And the final year, with the highest salary, is a team option, uh, which means if he doesn't meet expectations, he's fired. Um, Okay, it's a lot um, of pressure on him. Yeah, yeah. Then Dylan Brooks, um, his annual salary decreases every year in that four-year, eighty million contract. It means that the Rockets will still have a rather flexible salary room two years later that might be the silver line and here in those two dismal contracts uh, (laughs) but i still still the inflation of the two deals i think it's still massive here are stats about van fleet and brooks they are the two players uh, that made most short attempts among those whose field goal percentage was below 40 percent last Mm. season they are balanced players. Um, I will give them that, but clearly they were not even close to being efficient. Um, my predictions are: Houston would probably stay low in standings next season, and it will stem from those two failure
1: signings. I think you know stable players and like moderately high, not even high-performing players that just perform relatively consistently are not deserving of those kinds of contracts, like you said. The, the other bits of um, information about those deals, you know, some of the depreciation and that kind of thing and the performance related, you know, uh, add-ons that could potentially, you know, affect those contracts, I guess that is, it, it makes the contract seem a little bit less ridiculous, but mm-hmm. I think overall they're still, yeah. you know, um, it's pretty crazy. I mean, and, and, and also what does that say to other actual superstars in the NBA? who now have a lot more negotiating yeah. power I suppose which um, so I guess they're probably quite excited by <laughs> these deals. Tianyu, your thoughts?
0: Well, uh, I at first sight everyone would say that the Rockets have become an, like a spendthrift in this transfer <laughs> window, you know. They they signed they signed Van Vliet, Brooks, Jock, Landell and Jeff Green, but, but no with, superstars though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean there's
1: no names there that jump off the page, right? With, with unusually money. valuable yeah. contracts.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And these players who, who can hardly be called star players, are coming to Houston with prices higher than the market value. So, yeah, many are joking about Houston lately, saying they're just wasting the money in a very unwise way, and these players simply don't deserve the huge amount of money they've spent. But, yeah, if, if you take a closer look, like Yang Guang said, you you will know that the the heavy spending in the market is, ex- is exactly what the current Rockets need, I think. They're simply suffering from a lack of competitiveness in the current free agents market. They don't have superstars in the squad, and nor are they a major contender for the championships. So that means nobody would want to come to Houston if it was not for the money. So just as what their manager, Rafael Stone, said earlier, their goal is to bring in excellent players to improve their competitiveness and uh, help them win games, even though I, I I doubt that the players that we mentioned can count as uh, you know excellent players, but at the same time, these players can act as an example to teach the young players how to succeed in the league. And uh, the, the you know the Rockets only won 59 matches in the past three seasons, mm. so they just need to lash out on them. On the best free agents they could get to reinforce the squad.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a difficult time for Houston at the moment. And I guess we just have to wait and see if their plan kind of comes to fruition and if it brings them success. I think at this point it's looking unlikely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess time will tell. But before we continue with the rest of our discussion, I'm going to pass it over to Yang Guang, who's going to give us the latest headlines of sporting news that has really caught the attention in the last week.
2: Okay, let's check what's happened in the sports world so far this week. Novak Djokovic has joined Roger Federer and Serena Williams as the only players in tennis history to win 350 Grand Slam matches by beating Jordan Thompson at Wimbledon. And finally it's back, Formula 1 organizers have announced that the Chinese Grand Prix will return next year, after years of pandemic disruption. Paris Saint Germain has sacked manager Christophe Gautier and replaced him with the former Barcelona coach Luis Enrique. And a super big deal, reports say Arsenal has reached an agreement to sign midfielder Delkin Rice, with a club record fee of over £100 million. Chinese table tennis star Wang Chuqin has become the new men's world number one, replacing compatriot Fan Zhendong, who had been at the top for 142 consecutive weeks. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take.
0: Subscribe to Sideline Story podcast for heated sports discussions
1: covering events that are happening in China and around the world. All right, so I guess at this point, guys, we've already determined that the Houston Rockets are one of the losers at this point in time in terms of um, trades that have been made in the summer. Tianyu, any other winners and losers that we should be aware of at this point? Uh, well, uh, I think currently the Phoenix Sun is definitely
0: one yep. of the biggest as uh, winners as mm-hmm. they've got they got what they want in the market. they got a group of good players and replenished their squad. And apart from that, I think the Lakers are also on the table. You know, the, they have also acquired mm-hmm. some fantastic players to improve their competitiveness in the intense Western Conference. They signed Gabe Vincent from The Heat and Torian Prince from Timberwolves. Both players have uh, played key roles in their respective teams earlier. And they and they also got contract extension with Ray Hachimura and Austin Reeves. So in the next season, they're still looking very strong and mm-hmm. have become a big contender for the championship with that- a very... Yeah. yeah,
1: and I think Hachimura was an unsung hero for the Lakers yeah. at the tail end of the yes. last season. He really, Definitely. whenever he came on, he had a massive impact. An unbelievable yeah. um, shooter.
0: So yeah, with the with like a very stable first lineup and so and also reliable players sitting on the bench, hmm. they have the the right to, to they have the right to, to vie for the, the championship. So so yeah, I think the Lakers can count as one of the mm-hmm. biggest winners.
1: Do you think LeBron would agree? that's the thing
2: I think without LeBron involved uh, in those decisions actually the manager of the Lakers can make some wise moves
1: yeah Yeah. so do you think LeBron's calling the shots there I wouldn't be surprised to be honest no,
2: yeah. I, I don't think he was involved in okay. those decisions.
1: <laughs> I guess we'll have to see when he steps onto the court how his performances, I think, will be determined about how he feels about certain deals that have been made. You know, you kind mm-hmm. of, you can kind of see, I mean, he always performs at a high level, but I always feel like if he's not happy with the guys around him or if they are not performing well, yeah. then that definitely leads to him either not performing well or he takes on more responsibility than he should and mm-hmm. he generally starts making bad decisions. <sighs> That's something that I've noticed from Le- LeBron in his latter years. Yang Guang, winners and losers at this point from your side?
2: Uh, to me, the Dallas Mavericks did a fantastic job landing Kyrie Irving. That's a big one, yeah. Yeah, with a three-year, 120 million contract, even less than Vaflis mm, contract. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my God, this deal is that puts it in that.
1: In, that puts it into perspective, right? How crazy yeah. that deal is, yeah.
2: <laughs> Though the chemistry um, between Irving and Luka Doncic may not reach there yet, uh, but I believe they can work it out um, given more time and... Um, Irving is the best number two uh, of a team. Uh, He proved it with LeBron.
1: He seems difficult though, man. Like he looks like a guy that's really hard to work with. You know, he looks, I mean, unbelievable. You know, similar to Westbrook. um, But I think more difficult than Westbrook actually is Irving. I think more mavericky, more like I'm the star of the show. I can call the shots. I determine what happens with me and my career. Now to be in a team where there's players that are not necessarily more talented but are definitely higher up the um the rankings in terms of mm-hmm. their power at the at the franchise namely luka doncic do you think that's something that he can deal with
2: yes i think he will bring some locker room issues mm. uh, but all those problems are off the court. Yeah. Uh, on the courts i think he's one of the best shooting guards yeah and uh, he can get the job done. Yeah, Still plenty of experience deal, too, because he's been, been he around. Time. Yeah,
1: and he's been around for a long time too, yeah. so he really knows how to step mm-hmm. up at the big moments. Yeah, that's yeah, fair that, enough. Yeah. And yeah. also,
2: I, I think the worst team. I want to make some comments on the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, that's also yeah. To that's I think it's a disappointing off season with Chris Paul joining. Um, there are just too many guards. Um, yeah. I don't even know how Steve Kerr and the coach would line up next season. Paul, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson together to start. Um, come on, it's too too small. And, it's a and lot of
1: shooters to mark, though, if you think yeah. about it. But the defense teams could would be disastrous. Yeah, but I mean, if you've got guys that are scoring thirty points each, I think then, <laughs> they, they don't even need to defend. Yeah, I think okay, I, that's possible. Yeah, yeah. I think
0: for, for 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 Warriors, what what Chris Paul can bring to the team is more experience, mm. consistency, and um, more varieties in attacks. But uh, all of these are based on the premise that we, we can see a healthy Paul for the next season. You know, he's he's prone to injuries, yeah. and they trade a young and potential player Paul for old player who is shorter than Paul and also more prone to
1: injuries. Maybe he's there in like a um, a player. Not a player coach role, but like a player mentor role. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's there to like obviously provide some attacking threat and make other teams kind of look over their shoulder. Mm. But maybe he's there to um kind of nurture some of the young talent that's coming through, as well as like have a you know a potential hurrah in his last couple of years, where mm-hmm. maybe he felt like that was the franchise that he could go to that had the best potential of him winning mm-hmm. um, an NBA title. But yeah, that's definitely um a franchise to watch, and I think that um I agree with you. I think defensively, if they're playing all of those. Uh, players at the same time they definitely look a little bit vulnerable but if it does click um, it could be potentially deadly for other teams so I think that will be a very interesting one to watch. Yang Guang any predictions on the potential business that can still happen in the next few days or weeks?
2: Yeah I I think the biggest names now from free agency market are James Harden and um, Mm. Damien Lillard. Yeah, Um, Lillard is hoping to join the Miami Heat to join uh, Jimmy Butler that's not a secret But um, it, could will be also be, it will also be a championship swing deal, uh, but I think the tricky part is Portland wants more than just a Tyler Hero and a couple of draft picks. Um, this may hinder the deal from happening, um, perhaps they need a third party to join the deal. Uh, mm. But anyway, I think Lillard wants out, he's desperate for a championship, so he would definitely end up a different team uh, this summer. And for James Harden, he also wants to leave Philadelphia after opting for his player option. But um, I think other teams' interest for Harden is not as much as for Lillard. Um, Harden also wants to join a championship team, but I think it's very hard to occur.
1: Harden always looks a little bit unfit to me. He's, he never I don't think he's ever really gotten back to the level that he reached at Houston yeah ever since true. he struggled with injury that's problems true. so I think for anyone to take a financial risk on a superstar I don't think that he's at the top mm, of anybody's yeah, list a, for me Lillard risk, seems yeah. like a safer bet yeah and is the same level I think in terms of talents but if I'm in hardened shoes leaving Philadelphia I mean is that the best decision for him do you think I don't, I, I don't I don't see why he would want to leave? I think he doesn't see
2: Philadelphia as a championship, championship contender. Yes? Yeah,
1: even with um the, the big guy, Joel MB. Yeah, with with who's the, the regular, regular season, season MVP. MVP? Yes. Yeah. So, how is that not a good teammate to be playing with? I
2: don't know. Yeah, it's a weird <laughs> one.
1: I mean, there must be other issues there. Maybe he thinks that they yeah. don't have enough squad depth. Maybe he has some mm. disagreements with the coach. I, who knows? Rich. But um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see where Harden ends up because I think he's going to have to either. Drastically lower his expectations in terms of what kind of contract he can secure, yeah. or you know, another franchise is going to have to be willing to take a there massive. There
2: were rumors that the Rockets wanted him back. Yeah, but clearly the
1: Rockets chose Van Fleet instead. Yang Guang, do you agree that teams must now gather two or three superstars to have a chance for the championships? It seems like it's a method that is now adopted by most of the big teams. However, we've just seen in the recent NBA Finals that having one superstar undoubtedly the biggest, Mm -hmm. freakiest superstar in the NBA. So he he kind of is three superstars in one. But (laughs) it does seem like the method of getting three superstars together doesn't necessarily guarantee an NBA title, though. What are your thoughts?
2: No, I don't agree. Uh, The Denver Nuggets, like you said, show that a team consisting one superstar uh, with a bunch of right helpers playing their roles can also create a championship's winning path. Um, He's so
1: unique, though. That's the thing. Because he draws in so much attention that it's not necessary to have more than one superstar like him.
2: Yeah, he's the pillar of the team. And uh, everyone of the rest team, they are like the missing puzzle pieces.
1: Yeah. Or they just all of a sudden, you know, they can just be decent players, not superstars. But with all of the space that Jokic creates for them, they don't even need to be that talented because they're not not really being marked.
2: They can change the whole roster. Yeah. And the next season, and they are still one of the championship contenders. Mm. It's incredible yeah squad players um are equally important but in this way um team manage i mean team managers and the owners need to stay patient and uh believe in their players believe in the process it's a bumpy road with one just one superstar so mm. it's a, it's also a path a few teams would give a try on uh right now when there's a shortcut of putting the big names together like how the miami heat won the title with lebron wade and bosch and uh, later the warriors big four uh why bother grow with the team for years for, for for results so i guess in in a fast food era uh with everything changing rapidly it's, uh, it's a trend now to have some big threes or even big fours in the pursuit of the championship but um it's a method i don't really agree on <sighs> I like um, how Denver won the title. My favorite championship team ever in the NBA is the 2011 Dallas Mavericks when Dirk Nowitzki yes. led a bunch of veterans to, that was a great to the top. Yeah, yeah, after beating a lot of big threes. In the OKC and the Miami Heat, that's fantastic run.
1: Yeah, and I think NBA franchises also need to take a look at how that formula, in terms of getting superstars together, did not work in football either. And we've seen Mm -hmm. it over decades. We've seen it with Real Madrid in the early 2000s. We've just seen it in the last two or three years with PSG. PSG, Great idea on paper. Sometimes it just doesn't work because, unfortunately, with superstars comes superstar personalities. And sometimes they really don't gel. But yeah as the season progresses in the NBA and as we continue with the trades and the off-season moves, it should be very interesting to see how the final teams end up before the season begins. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us and of course we will be back next week with our latest topic and we will see you then.